anyway, God is good. Amen? Yes, He is. Praise the Lord. Well, another thing I wanted to tell you is that my son Zach back there, he's a handsome guy, isn't he? But he's just a chip off the old block. Rick, I'm, you're feeling too good today. I need you to calm down back there. Hallelujah. Well, I'm happy. Good, good deal. But anyway, what I want to say is we're going to go and see him graduate on Thursday from Global Awakening University. Is that what it's called? Oh, what is it called? Global Awakening Theological Seminary. Uh, talk to him later. We can't tell you all that now. But it's the graduation's going to be a part of a prophetic conference in Virginia. So we're going to drive a long ways. So pray for me and Mama. She's going to have to drive farther away. But uh, they say I'm not a good driver anymore. I get distracted and I get over on the side and it goes ka-thump, 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 ka-thump. But when I'm by myself, it's okay because it keeps me awake. But it irritates my passengers. So then I got to let uh, Lucia drive for a while. But we're going out there. We're so proud of him. He's going to go across the stage and receive his diploma. And I know Sarah got, you got your master's how long ago? February. Well, very soon I'm going to recognize the graduates. And I don't think we got any high school graduates right now uh, here, but we do have two that have gotten their master's now. So I'm going to pray over you here in a couple of weeks. And are we going to do a baby dedication soon? At some point. She's got to work it out with all her family to be here because they fill up about three rows when they come. But uh, we'll be happy for that time also. But I want to always bless the graduates and give them a gift, a book or a Bible or something that's special. And uh, we really appreciate their hard work and their efforts to excel and increase and improve. So I'm proud of them. Uh, I got a bachelor's degree. I don't like to say BS because people think other things. Bachelor's degree in communications. So I have uh, used mine well because I communicate all the time. That's what my ministry and job's all about is talking and listening. So anyhow, we're thankful for what God has done in his life. So invite him to come. What? Oh, the children. Okay. Who's got the kids today? Okay. There she is, Sister Sheila. The kids that are going back, y'all going back, and, and she's going to teach your class today. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we have a lot, sometimes we have a few. Let me tell you, they're coming up, though. We have how many in the nursery, Alicia? A bunch? good amount. Well, y'all keep having babies, we'll keep growing. That's one way for church growth. Praise the Lord. And I want to say, Bryson's been coming lately. Wave Bryson so they know I'm talking. He just proposed to his fiance, but now she's his fiance. And 
and I saw on Facebook she had a ring. So they're going to be getting married sometime. I don't know what the date is. But anyway, it's really cool to watch young people growing and, and God working in their lives. We're so glad that they're coming. And John and his brother, Chelsea's friend, Madison. And it's good to have, what's your friend's name, John? James. And I told James, you keep coming back and we'll get you with Zach because he's supposed to really be a good singer. We can hear him sing. Amen. What do you sing? Gospel? Soul? Songs. You sing songs. That's good. All right, I'll stop talking. All right, Sean, thank you. You can stay up there. Yes. <laughs> a lot of commentary today, don't we? This is a good day. Good day to be in the house of the Lord. <laughs> okay. Um, what I would, what I want to do is I want to, I want to kind of go through, I was telling Danielle, uh, right over the last week or so, there's just been, for some reason, I, I feel like it's kind of an attack of the enemy against the city right now, is that there's been a lot of death recently of young people. Just ridiculous ridiculous death lots of uh lots of suicides um had drug overdoses recently and uh and car accidents uh, just people dying just ridiculous and so <clears throat> i was reading through and i was praying about what i wanted to speak about uh today and that just those things kept coming to me I really wanted to hit on a couple things. So what I want to do is we're going to start off. If you want to hit that next slide, Dennis, um, this guy's name kept popping up in my head, uh, Nehemiah. Anybody familiar with Nehemiah? Awesome. Well, Nehemiah, uh, one of the uh, one of the prophets of the Old Testament, uh, man, just, just going through the whole book, it's full of great stuff. But what I want to do is I kind of want to go through the, the beginning of, of Nehemiah with us and, uh, and kind of break down some things uh, around this book that I think would be very, very beneficial. I, I don't want to go too far because I have a tendency of wanting to collect a ton of information. So I'm, I'm going to limit myself to chapter one. And uh, we're not going to go much further than chapter one with him. But let's start here. It says, the words of Nehemiah, son of uh, Hakliah. And at, at any time, if you feel when you're reading the scripture, you don't know how to pronounce someone's name. For a while, I was just saying Mufasa, just because it sounded great. So if you want to do that in your own time, just because you don't know how to pronounce stuff, that's just a great way to do that. So uh, Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, uh, in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, while I was in Susa, the capital. It's a lot of information. Don't worry about that too much. One of my brothers, Hanani, and I came with certain men from Judah, and I asked them about the Jews that survived, those who had escaped the captivity, and about Jerusalem. So a little backstory between what's happening here is that um, Jerusalem, again, a lot of the Jews were in captivity. They, they were not in a place where it was really wonderful for them. Uh, they're, of course, with the ebbs and flows, as you read through the Old Testament, you notice that Israel will do great for a while, and then they'll turn to idolatry, and then they will become captives by neighboring nations and go through times of, uh, of oppression. And so this is one of the times where they had some people who were in captivity. And so verse 3 says, They replied, The survivors there in the province who escaped captivity are in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been destroyed by fire. 
So this, this is really interesting, this part right here, because um, if you look at any city, the strength of the city is also measured by, this, by the, 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 the girth of their walls or the size of their walls, because it would mean that they're able to protect themselves against, uh, against enemies. So they would not be easily uh, trampled upon or easily uh, invaded by, by opposing nations. And so this report in, Je- in uh, Nehemiah at the time, he was, uh, he was serving the king, serving one of the kings. And, and this, was, this was pretty troubling for him because this meant that the city of Jerusalem where, anybody remember where the temple was at? Jerusalem, right? Yeah, the temple was in Jerusalem. So the, the most um, precious thing that they had as a nation, the, the thing that they built their entire living around, the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God dwelling in the temple, and then they built their lives around that, uh, around doing things at the temple and, and pleasing the Lord. And so because the walls and the gates were destroyed, it did not allow the protection of their city to be able to freely worship God the way that they needed to. And so uh, this troubled him quite a bit. He said in verse 4, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Go ahead, go verse six. Yeah, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which have sinned against you. Both I and my family have sinned. We have offended you deeply failing to keep the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinances that you commanded your servant Moses. Now, uh, if you've heard me preach at any point in time this year, I've talked extensively about the commands, the ordinances, and the decrees that God had set forth with Moses, the thing that he first established with Moses, and then continued on saying that each nation, each, each generation was to follow after the things that, that had been passed down. And we see many times, it talks about in Deuteronomy, I'm not going to go through through a whole lot of that today because I can get lost just sitting in Deuteronomy for a while, but you can look in Deuteronomy, the blessings and curses that come from obeying or disobeying God's word. So the, the things that, that Nehemiah is confessing right now is he's saying, God, I, we, have, we have failed in honoring your word. We have failed in remembering the things that you have told us. We have failed in, in doing what was right in your sight. We've failed in, in keeping idolatry from, from the midst of us. Again, idolatry is one of the most awful things that we could go through and the easiest thing for us to fall into. It's, it's one thing that God detests, but at the same time, it's, the easy, it's one of the easiest things for us to fall into as humanity. Because that's the one thing that, that the enemy wants us to do is to pull our eyes away from God and to focus on other things and to idolize people or other things or ourselves. And so, so Nehemiah is confessing, confessing to the Lord, God, we, we have done a poor job of keeping these ordinances, keeping these commands, keeping these things that you've called us to. And so I repent. And then in verse 8, he says, remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though, you're, uh, though, uh, though your outcasts are under the, earth, the, fa- the farthest skies, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place at which I have chosen to establish my name. So this is a beautiful command. He realizes, yes, I have sinned. This is one of the first things that we need to realize in our lives is we can't just be super mad that things are happening in our lives that are negative, especially if 
if we are if we're at fault a lot of times for the things that are going on in our lives. We have to realize that yes, I'm at fault for the things that I'm doing incorrectly and I'm not honoring you, God, the way that I need to. And then recall, okay, now God, and I know that in your in your word you also said that your mercies are great. In your word you also said that if I turn to you, then you you won't push me away. And so he's he's reminding the Lord, he's he's bringing this back up. But God, if you return to me, uh, uh, saying that, that if we return to the Lord and keep his commandments, then even though the outcasts are further than anyone can even see, he will bring them back. In verse 10, he says, they are your servants and your people whom you redeem by your great power and your strong hand. Oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name Give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. And at the time, Nehemiah, talking to himself, I was the cupbearer to the king. And so with all the things that we're seeing right now, this, this really just hit me. It, it hit me hard when I was reading through this. And so with all the things that we're seeing right now, with the amount of people who are turning to, to ending their lives instead of finding hope with all the people who are turning to substances instead of turning to the Holy Spirit with all the people who are turning to to anything else to give them satisfaction or to give them relief or to give them comfort there's there there is some fault that we can we can absorb ourselves that we can see there are some things that we have not done correctly at times there are some things that we have not that we have not correctly um stepped out and, and, and communicated with those who were around. It's very easy to stand passively in the shadows whenever, you're, whenever you feel insecure about your own self. It's very easy to stand passively by while people are making poor decisions and, and not speak up. It's very easy to do that because you're like, well, it's their life. They can do what they want. It's very easy to, to go into to go into a place where we just become people who just sit in church and we're just content with sitting in church. But there's something else about taking hold of what God has called us into and stepping into what God has called us to. It reminds me back in the, in the book of Isaiah chapter one, when Isaiah was having, having uh, these, these crazy visions of, of what God was showing him. And in verse 16, he says this of chapter one, wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Come now, let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you should be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I think this is, this is really important. That first off, we're aware that we are not perfect in our everyday lifestyle. Even if we feel like we're doing well, always remember that we are still not perfect. And we still go through things. Something I loved in there of what, of what he said is he said, let's argue it out. I love, I love that imagery. Come, let's argue it out. Your sins are like scarlet. 
but they'll be white as snow. That's, that's such beautiful imagery because sometimes I think we'll just come and we'll just say, okay, I repent, and then I'm leaving and I'm going to go, and then I end up falling into the same stuff over and over again. I'm going to say I'm sorry, and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to do some stuff. There needs to be a challenging that happens between you and the Holy Spirit. You need to go back and you need to let the Holy Spirit challenge you, not just to when you make a mistake, you come to the altar and you do your thing, then, then you go back and you, you know, live however you want to, and then you come back and then you repent again because, you know, it's been a while that I have, haven't really said anything to the Lord and I think I need to do this because I kind of feel icky for a while. But in reality, it's, it's, we need to be challenged to the place of why are we doing things that we're doing? What is the heart's intent? Why is it that I'm turning to these things? Mentioning that, that there needs to be an opening of the eyes, a, 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 a revealing of the heart. And this is something I, I mentioned back whenever I talked about idolatry of, of about a month ago or so, is that um, there's a concept to where we become what we worship. So much so that Isaiah, even in Isaiah chapter 60, says, you have eyes but cannot see, you have ears but cannot hear, you have a mind but cannot comprehend. And this is, this is to the point to where when you look back at the Israelites, whenever they were worshiping the calf, the calf that they made, that golden cow, it had eyes, but it could not physically see. It had ears because it was on there, but it could not physically hear. It had a place for a brain, but it couldn't comprehend anything that they were doing. So what was happening is that spiritually, as they were worshiping this idol, they were becoming spiritually a reflection of that idol. To where spiritually they had eyes, but they couldn't see what God was actually doing in their lives. They had ears, but they couldn't, they couldn't spiritually hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. They couldn't hear the Lord and follow his decrees. They had a mind, but they couldn't understand because it was foggy, it was clouded, it wasn't very clear. And a lot of times when we go through, we have idolatry in our lives, and we're concentrating so much on our circumstances. We're concentrating on trying to please people all the time. We're concentrating on so many other things that have nothing to do with pleasing the Lord and getting to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. It becomes very troublesome and problematic for us because we end up having eyes but cannot see. We end up attaching ourselves to concepts that we hear in church to where we just have like the Christianisms that we talk about. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored on the Lord. Well, are you really? Because your life looks like it's in shambles. It doesn't look like a blessing. And I think a lot of it is because of the way that you're acting. <laughs> we need to be a little bit more comfortable with being able to, to, to lovingly call one another out whenever we see things in each other's lives. We need to get better at doing that. It's very easy. I, it's hard for me to do that at times because I'm an extreme optimist and I don't love confrontation at times. I can deal with it if we if we end up having a, a confrontation, like where you bring confrontation to me, I'm, I can I can sit in it. We can get that done. But I'm not the first person to go and confront somebody about something a lot of the times. But I'm learning more and more that there needs to be a time where when we see that things are happening, we need to step up and we need to actually have these conversations. Because if you truly love someone, you don't want them to fall into something that they shouldn't be falling into. I was speaking with a student yesterday. We took a, gr a group of students to, to Camp Eagle Sky in Piedmont. We had 300 kids out there. I had a group of 50 middle schoolers, and we were going crazy all over the place. And uh, I ended up having a conversation with a, with a student there who um, he, he was kind of lagging behind for a little bit, and so I was kind of telling him to put a little more pep in his step. He's too young to walk that slow. I'm beating him. So, <laughs> so we were talking, and then he ended up opening up a little bit that, that daily he has people telling him that he should just commit suicide instead of just living a life. This is a sixth grader. Daily is having people telling him that he should commit suicide rather than just live because he has some issue that he's going through. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> it doesn't. 
and going back and hearing of the multiple occasions of people who would rather take their lives because they feel like they either don't have the support or they feel like they have gone too far in sin, that there's no, no repentance or there's no restoration. There's an issue with the way that the church, as I'm not just saying this church, I'm saying just the body of Christ has been able to open up and show love and compassion to people. There's, there's an issue there. There's something that's missing to where people are result, resulting and reverting back to things that, that end up in substance abuse to the point to where they will overdose on things because they're trying to fill some kind of void and feel something or not feel something because they're going through these things. That's an issue. That's a problem. And this is something that I'm not very excited about that's happening. And again, I feel like this is an attack of the enemy on, on, on this city specifically. I know this is happening all over the place, but this is extremely abnormal for this to happen in the number of, of people that are being affected by this. This is, this is crazy. And so I'm feeling very Nehemiah-like today um, in the fact that I hear the reports and I see what's going on and it infuriates me and it breaks my heart that this is what's going on right now. And so something I wanna challenge us with this morning is that if, if you also hear these things and you see some of the things, I know every single one of us, have, we can tell, sit down and tell story after story after story after story of friends, of family, of coworkers, of loved ones, of those that we're acquaintances with who are in a bad way right now. Those who feel like they have no hope. So what are we gonna do about that feeling? What are we gonna do about this information? I was at Walmart the other day grabbing some groceries real quick and I felt like I wanted to just go into, usually I just go to self-checkout. It's so much faster, so much easier. A lot of times I get do, 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 and I go. And then, uh, but this time I was like, you know what? I wanna go and have somebody just, you know, check me out. I don't know, I ever do that hardly anymore. So I'm just gonna do that. So I got in line, I waited forever, but that was okay. Um, it's really sweet lady. She was standing at the, at the register. She was, she was going through and the person in front of me was taking forever in a day and they would have a lot of issues. And I just sat there patiently. And finally, when I got to there, she, she, the lady was paying in front of me, and the, the cashier, she was like, oh, man, I just have, she's been having so much pain in my back. It's just been crazy. It's just hurt me so much. She's an older lady. Um, I, I'm pretty sure she's a, uh, she's a widower. Um, and so she, she's just doing a lot of yard work right now on her own and doing all this stuff. And, and so I looked at her after, after the, the lady in front of me left. I was like, hey, can I just pray for you? Would that be cool with you? Is that all right? And she's like, sure, that sounds great. How, how often do we just gloss over those things when we hear just a random person say that they're, they're in pain or they, they describe something? And this is the smallest thing ever. Like, I, I think sometimes we, like, overshoot the, the, like, the ability to just ask someone if they can pray for them. Like, like that's the biggest thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm getting a little more, like, aggravated every time I think of, well, you know, I just sat there and I prayed for that person. That's what we should all be doing all the time forever. That shouldn't be like a miracle that I just reached out and said something to somebody. Like that should be normative. That should not be something that we're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, yes, it is amazing and it's wonderful, but that should be the norm. We should not be nervous or scared to just say, I want to pray for you. We need to get to a point to where we're fed up with just the same old, same old fed up with just coming and just attending and then going off and then hearing all these reports, reading the news or watching the media or doing whatever it is that you do and being so like, oh my gosh, well, I guess this nation is just going horrible. We don't know what's happening. Oh, this is just the worst place to live. I don't know if I even want to live here anymore or oh my goodness, you know, the family is just in shambles. I don't know. These guys are just all crazy. That's just how they are though. 
we have to be fed up enough to the point to where we say, I need to do something because I have an answer. I have the answer. And it's Jesus. And then now, guess what I have to do? I need to look and, and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is going on in my life that is, that is causing me fear from stepping out and doing what I'm called to do? Because as, as a Christian, we are not called to just say, okay, I get saved, I get baptized, I sit in the church every single Sunday, and that's my job as a Christian, and I'm just waiting for the good Lord to come back because God knows this, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. That's not our responsibility. That's not what the Great Commission is about. The Great Commission is go and make disciples. Teaching them all that I have taught you. That is to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, sight to the all these things. Jesus set out a model. He taught everyone how to do all these things. It wasn't just Jesus that performed miracles. He sent out many people, not just the 12 disciples, but even sent out 70-something people to go out and to go pray for the sick, to go and cast out demons. There were 120 people in the upper room who then got commissioned out and left. 3,000 people were added. Am I right on that? Yes, 3,000 people. Just want to make sure my numbers are good. 3,000 people were added to the church that one day. When are we going to get to the point to where we're actually also doing these things, to where we read the word, we read the scripture, and we're excited about going out and not just waiting for dad to come up and say, you know what, I was at the store the other day and I did this. Talk to this person, pray for this person. That's amazing. I love hearing those testimonies. But I would also love to see a line that goes from the back of the church all the way to the front waiting to hear what everybody got to encounter that day. And we couldn't even get to a message because we had so many good testimonies. That's, that would be incredible. That's the kind of lifestyle that we have to start living. I don't know about you, but I'm getting fed up with, with the free reign that the enemy seems to have in this place. It's not the way it should be. It's not the way it should be. So we have to get to the point to where we become like a Nehemiah. And we step out and we say, you know what, Father, I see that we have not done what we're supposed to. I see that I have made mistakes and that I have not represented you well. I see that I'm not studying to show myself approved. I'm just kind of skating by. I'm seeing that I, I've, I'm, I'm not always looking for opportunities to show your love. I'm usually just trying to get from point A to point B get aggravated if I think I get stopped sometimes. I'm not just speaking by myself, I'm speaking just generally. Like any of these things that kind of hit you. Father, I've been in such a hurry and such such a such a, a worried thought process or I've been in such, such a tizzy over things that are going on in my own life that I'm not even paying attention to other people either. What is it? What is it that you feel that has been what is the Holy Spirit revealing to you right here in this moment? Because I don't know about you guys, but whenever, whenever I hear messages sometimes and they start talking about stuff, stuff starts really popping in my head about stuff that I've encountered or experienced that week or that day or that month or maybe the whole year been struggling with certain things. The Holy Spirit's really, really good at doing that. He pulls that stuff up very easily. But the good thing is that he's very gracious in the midst of this. This is the good news, is that we serve a good God. We don't, we don't serve a God who wants to strike you down with lightning or anything like that. No, he's so good to the point to where he sent Jesus to come. And then Jesus, what he did is he's like, hey, now that I'm not going to be chilling here on earth all day long, um, I'm going to send someone who's just like me, but he's going to be with all of you all the time, everywhere. 
So much so that he's going to be called a comforter. So that in the times and in the moments where you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, it's also supposed to be comforting because he's the comforter. It, it'll sting a little bit, but if you're actually used to being challenged to the point of growth, you will realize that there's comfort in the challenge. I think we, that there's a lot of people who they've been so used to not being challenged that it's very easy for them to be agitated and to push away when it comes to any kind of correction because they haven't been met with challenge in their life. But this is something that as we grow in our relationship with the Lord, you're going to find that you get challenged more and more. More and more. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this. As you grow and ebb and flow through the seasons of life, you'll find out that new challenges and new things happen in your life. New experiences end up coming through, which means that there's new opportunities for growth. So how are we going to respond to the Lord when he actually challenges us and calls us? How many times have... This may sting a little bit. How many times have we actually thought that the voice of the Holy Spirit was a voice of the enemy coming against us because we didn't want to be challenged in that area? Can we be Nehemiah today? Can we be Nehemiah this week? Can we be Nehemiah for the rest of the month, for this year? I don't want to get too far in this, but Nehemiah, what he ends up doing is he comes to the, in chapter two, I'll just paraphrase this so we don't have to read it because it'll take a little bit longer. I don't want to stay here for forever for you. But, okay, cool, about eight minutes. So what Nehemiah does is he comes to, to the king's, king's presence, and the king notices because he's usually a very happy and content person. He notices that Nehemiah's face was very sad. He was, he was not, not looking the way that he normally did. And the king questioned him, what's going on? And then so Nehemiah, he says that he prays to the Lord, asked him for, asked him for grace and favor. And then he opened up and talked to him about, about the desolation that happened in his, in his community and the things that were happening and, and how, how terrible it was and how he was just not in a good place because of that. He just, just was very discontent with all those things. And so the king asked, well, what, what are you requesting to be done? And so Nehemiah, with courage, boldness, he said, I would like to go back. And, and he gave him a, a, time, a time frame. I'd like to go back and I would like to, to help restore city walls and city gates so that we won't be so vulnerable my nation, my people will not be vulnerable to all these things and the, the king didn't just grant him favor to just leave, to have time off paid time off, but he also supplied him with all the supplies he needed he gave him letters of, of, of passage to go from the place that he was at and make the journey all the way over to Jerusalem he also gave a letter commanding the, the king of that nation to come over and to also supply the wood and the timber that they were going to need. So it wasn't just the fact that Nehemiah was, was burdened with wanting his community and his people to be, to be safe. But it's the fact that the king also provided over an abundance of what he needed. Nehemiah didn't know how that was going to happen. I can imagine as he was opening up and just pouring out his guts just a little bit of what was happening that he he didn't expect the king was just going to give him all this all these things but the king because of his relationship with him and because of his the grace and favor of the lord he was given more in that moment than he was given beforehand so if that king could provide nehemiah with the things that he needed how much more at this time in this season in this period of our lives this era of history 
Does the Lord want to also provide things to us? Not so that I can have riches and glory for myself, but so that people around us in our community and in this place can have the ability to be saved and then progress. How much more? But we have to have a burden for these people. We can't just ask flippantly. It said, it said in, in chapter one that Nehemiah prayed and fasted for times. I feel like I need to go through and pray and fast a little bit more. I don't do it often. I need to do it a lot more. Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you don't, that's fine. But if you want to see change, if you want to see things happen, it's not, it's not like a not like a magical spell that you do these things for this amount of time and bada bing bada boom the Lord provides for you in the way that you need but it's preparing your heart preparing yourself preparing your mind so that you can be ready for what the Lord is going to ask and require of you because it's not just oh I need to just apply for this job or I need to do this no it's we're going to dedicate our lives to the service of the Lord which means that we're going to be helping restore out to people who have been neglected and rejected. We're going to reach out to people who are extremely prideful, who are arrogant out of this world. We're going to have people across the spectrum that need to hear this message. And we need to have the boldness and the security of faith to be able to step out and to reach those people. Because if I'm secure in who I am in Christ and who Christ is in me, it's going to be very hard for some man's rejection, some person's rejection, to rattle me. Because my validation doesn't come from people. It comes from the Lord. And he said that he is pleased with me. He said he loves me. He said he has patience for me. He's gracious. These are all great things. So if I actually know that, like know it in here, way better. Sure, it'll sting a little bit still. Rejection doesn't feel great. But knowing that it is the king that I'm honoring and the king that I represent and not myself, I have way more security in that than I do anything else. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. If you feel like you you feel like you're in that place where it's like, man, I, I hear you, Zach. I hear all the things that you're saying. I hear things that are happening in the community. I know friends. I have family. I have all these people that are that are close to me that I know are in a bad way. And I just, just I just haven't been in the place of having courage or confidence and, and just telling them about what Jesus has done for me in my life. I'd like to challenge you. Let's stand up. you feel burdened for the people that you're around you're like man I know I need these people to know Jesus and I would love to also to speak that if you're not saying you can stand up so just like someone would do if they're in battle when they surrender themselves to to the the, the powerful side throw their hands up and just say, hey, I'm, I'm not fighting against you. I don't, I'm not looking to throw bows. I'm not looking to do anything else. I'm just here. You just take me down. This is great. Let's just do that for the Lord this morning and say, Father, I'm, I'm, I'm not holding back anything. Father, search me and know me. 
thoughts, my ways, my habits. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you speak to each and every one of these people in here. Father, that you move on their hearts, illuminate the areas of our lives, Father, that, that are just not, not pleasing to you. Those areas even that we know that we struggle with. Father, don't, don't just let us see the sin, but let us see the root of those things that we're struggling with. Father, expose the lie of the enemy in our lives and, and, and provide us with healing and restoration in those areas. Father, we believe that you are good. We believe that you are faithful. We believe that you're gracious. We also believe that you are righteous and that you're holy and you're pure and that we can't just go, uh, go on living a mundane Christian life because I don't think there's a such thing as a mundane Christian life. But Father, light a fire in our bones. Give us a Give us a passion and a desire, Father, to see people who are hurting, wounded, broken, those who are strung out on drugs, those who are addicted to alcohol, those who are addicted to, to, to sexual things, Father, those who are, who are wrapped up in, in self-identity, those who, are, who have a confused identity, Father, those who are unaware of who they are inside of you, and they, they have been given a, a poor representation of Christianity and who you are, God. Father, I just ask you that you use us to reach those people close to us. Thank you, Father, that there are many people in this room and that that with the body of Christ reaching people, that's much more effective than just one man standing on a stage trying to, to reach the masses. So, Father, I just ask you that, that we feel the commission that you have already given us, that, Father, we attach ourselves to that mission. Father, that we, we can feel your presence as we go throughout places, that, Lord, as, we, as our ears pucker up, as we hear people who are struggling and hurting, that, Lord, that we will have the confidence to even just offer a prayer. Father, that we can have, have the confidence to say that there's a better way. That, Lord, even though we don't have all the answers, there's many things that I still don't know, even having an education. I still don't know a lot of things. So, Father, even in our, in our unknowing, give us wisdom and understanding on how to approach people when we are unsure about an answer. And, Father, allow us the grace to see a revival in this place. Lord, we want this city to be transformed. We want this region to be transformed. We don't want to be known for drugs. We don't want to be known for, uh, for, for just being a poor place. Father, we want to be known for your kingdom being here on earth as it is in heaven. We want to be known as a place of, of, of wild expectation. Father, remove those idolatrous areas. Remove those things that are inside that don't need to be there. Consistently challenge us, motivate us, push us to honor you, Lord. You're so amazing, God. You're so wonderful. You're so marvelous. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. times that that you just need to be hot you need to be on fire you can't be cold that's when you're out interestingly there's there's many different uses for water in in antiquity when you go back and look there's a necessity for cold water because it's refreshing 
what you drink. You drink the cool water. Actually, streams that flow, it's not super hot. It's actually cold. So he'd rather you be hot or cold. There's, there's different purposes for those things. He'd rather you be one or the other because there's great uses for both of those for people throughout the community. But it's the lukewarm. It's the stuff where bacteria grows. Stagnant water is not the great. You don't want to drink stagnant water. You don't want to bathe in stagnant water. Water that flows and water that goes is great. So I just pray a blessing of, of hot whatever it is that, that, you, that you need to be for those people, that it would be like rivers of living water for those that you encounter, that the Holy Spirit will flow from people like that, that they'll encounter, they'll feel like a refreshing drink as you, as you deliver truth to them. I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you're, if you're, if you're like, hey, I, I haven't really been a Christian, I've, just, I've been around church, but I, I don't know Jesus like that, and you would like prayer, please come up, Pastor, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Ken, myself, all three of us will be up here, and we'll be able to pray with you. Um, if you want to receive Christ this morning, if you would really like that, I, I encourage you, and I implore you, and I, I, I push you right now to, to stand up and to, to come forward with that as we're, as we're closing out the service, because you need Christ, you need Jesus in your life. And if you need prayer, like Dad was talking about earlier, if you would like one-on-one prayer, um, for other things that are going on in your life. Please come up. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, you guys have a wonderful Sunday. Um, we love you guys. Appreciate you. Uh, very excited for what God is doing. And I pray that you guys uh, remember the message of Nehemiah as you go throughout your days this week. Bless you guys. Love you.